It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and tonight we're putting the spotlight on food tours in Ireland. First up, we're going to talk to Kate Ryan from Flavor.ie about a range of food tours in West Cork. Then we head up to Donegal to talk to Sue Glacken about this season's Donegal food tours. And finally, towards the end of the show tonight, Ollie Gleeson will be flying the flag for the Banner County and has details about the Dullin food tour and a very special VIP Cliffs of Moher picnic. But before we hear from our guests this evening, may I take this opportunity to remind you about how you can make contact with me here at The Best Possible Taste. You can drop me an email, Sharon at SharonNoonan.com, or you can tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation, and I'm also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So, food writer Kate Ryan recently published an article about the range of food tours that are available in West Cork. I spoke to her earlier to find out more. Let's have a listen. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Kate, you're very welcome to the programme. And today we're going to talk about the best food tours to take in West Cork, because that's actually where you're based. And I'd say, were you one of the first to ever launch a food tour in West Cork? I was. I was the first person in West Cork to to launch a food tour all the way back in 2014. And at the time as well, I think I was only about one of three or four in the entire country, um, say the Republic anyway, that was um, running food tours. So when I started, it was a really, it was quite a new concept for Ireland anyway, we'll say. Um, but obviously now, since in, in the years subsequent, it's just kind of really taken off as a, a sector in tourism. People are really looking for um, those kind of authentic food experiences that to add some sort of sprinkle of magic, really, to their holiday to, to Ireland. And I suppose we, we, we all position Ireland as a, a place that is bountiful of food and great food experiences, great food stories, characters. Um, you know, so in food tours, I always think are just the best way to get a snapshot for over a couple of hours of where you are, the country, the people, its culture, its history. You know, they're really uh, great ways to learn about where you are, but in a very easygoing and lighthearted kind of way. I think that's a really important point because for some people that may not be familiar with a food tour, they might think it's going from place to place and getting little samples of things. But actually, there's so much more involved in it. It is such an experience. And as you say, getting to know the people behind some of these products is really fascinating. Uh, yeah, and I do, and I think Ireland is particularly unique in that regard that it can do that. You know that we're we're a small enough country, and most of our a lot a huge majority of our food comes from small scale producers, um, and they want to share their story. So the tour guide is often the facilitator and the organizer of the route, um, but a lot of the time the, the samples that you'll taste will come with a, a chance to meet the person who has made it. And to really kind of hear their stories. And I think there was a, a, a great tagline that came out a few years ago about uh, 
uh, shake the hand that feeds you, you know. Um, and thankfully, we can shake hands again now. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see food tours coming back uh, with a bang this year. And uh, certainly Westport has some pretty unique ones, it has to be said. It is wonderful that the producers want to tell their story because I think sometimes somebody that's making cheese or doing an apple juice or making a jam, they kind of think, look, it's no big deal. Why would anybody want to find out more about it and how it came about? But the stories are all so interesting and fascinating and the international visitors really love to hear how some some businesses grew so quickly from very small beginnings. Yeah, and I think as well, particularly in West Cork, what kind of adds a particular frisson to the story is, you know, the fact that the region is so well known as being um, the centre, really, of sort of the, the, the rebirth of the artisan food movement, you know, in sort of the 70s and the 80s and so on. Um, and as a result of that, then, there is a huge number of the vast majority of artisan food producers in Ireland are based in West Cork. So there's this kind of rich, really rich fabric of, of stories and producers of all different kinds of food. Oftentimes, you know, it's literally a sort of farm to fork um, food experience you're, you're getting as well. You know, you're, you can see the cow in the field and you can walk around the dairy and and you can taste the cheese or the milk that's kind of produced after it, all within the confines of the same farm, you know. So um, it really does kind of add something to uh, somebody's visit to the region. And, I mean, I'm sort of uh, hanging up my um, my shoes as a tour guide for the next couple of years, I uh, anyway, while I focus on other projects. But I can recall very vividly taking people around on, on farm tours and other kind of walking food tours and people were just fascinated that they could actually meet the people that were making these foods you know Um, it really took them by surprise they weren't expecting it and as you kind of said there earlier I think on the continent um, and say in the US and places like that food tours generally have this kind of perception that you're just going from sort of one shop or cafe or restaurant to another um, and you're sort of tasting samples that are particular to that particular Ender, but you're not actually necessarily always kind of meeting the person that, that made the foods. But in Ireland, we it's kind of like our signature, I think, really. And, you know, it's almost like if you don't meet the person who made the food, it's a bit of a pop out, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's room for everybody in Ireland. And I think even in, in, in the cities, in the big cities, I mean, Galway has a fantastic food uh, scene now, food tourism scene, as does Dublin, as does Cork, Waterford, you know, Kilkenny, all of these places really, you know, they, they have a, a concentration of uh, great, fabulous food producers there's usually some sort of food festival that will fall out of that the next kind of thing you're sort of seeing is you know these uh food network initiatives where producers are binding together binding together and kind of working together to offer a unique tourism experience within their particular region and you know and then as part of that then you know, you're taking food out of the context of just simply something that you pick off a plate and eat, but you're putting it within the sense of a landscape. And then within that, then you have the history and the culture and the people um, as well that comes all together. So we do really kind of offer a very unique way of experiencing our food culture in Ireland. Uh, and tours is, is very much a, an important part of that, I think. 
Well, let's start in Clonakilty and a, a food that is very close to your heart because I know you've written extensively about it, and that's black pudding. Clonakilty black pudding in particular. There's a visitor centre there. Yes, so I was delighted when Clonakilty black pudding uh, said uh, that they were going to be creating a visitor centre. So when I was doing my walking food tour upon Hilti a few years back up until only recently, uh, one of my favourite, personal favourite stops on the tour was the original Clonakilty Black Pudding butcher shop on the main street in Clonakilty. Since then, um, you know, there's been huge investment uh, by uh, Colette Toomey, the CEO of the company, and the head office and the manufacturing uh, base has returned to Clonakilty Town. And because they kind of developed this uh, state-of-the-art site, um, they were able to incorporate within that then this really unique visitor's experience. Um, and what they've kind of done, actually, is they've recreated streetscape of a certain part of Clonakilty Town within the visitor centre. So all the original shop fronts, uh, the famous uh, Tumis, uh, which is the uh, Clonakilty Black Pudding Butcher Shop, shop front, the little bicycle outside, the sort of petrol pubs, all these kind of unique features of the town, they've kind of put together in this uh, visitors, uh, self-guided visitors experience. And then as you kind of walk through the streetscape, then they kind of give you a potted history of, of Ireland's kind of uh, black pudding eating culture. They put in a lot of, um, there's some folklore elements in there. There's some really interesting exhibitions of clothing of the time in the sort of late 19th century when uh, uh, when the, the famous kind of backstory of Bonaparte Black pudding really kind of gets going when in 1880 when Joanna O'Brien sells her recipe to the then proprietor of the butcher shop on Clonakilty High Street, Harrington. So, you know, the black shawls, the shawl is and everything like that of, of Clonakilty. So it takes you through all of that. They've recreated the old, the original butcher shop. Um, uh, so you walk through, you learn all this kind of like great information and knowledge about it. It's some unique um, exhibitions there. And then you pop out at the end of it. Uh, and you've got a fantastic tasting plate of all the Clonakilty uh, products. So black pudding, obviously, white pudding. Uh, there's sausages, there's bacon and so forth in the uh, sort of cafeteria that is in the site as well. And a cup of tea as well or coffee. So, And it's great value for money. It kills about an hour of your time. Um, and I think it costs about like 10 euros per person. You can book online or you can sort of uh, walk in as well. But just take note of busy times. They might be able to accommodate walking straight away. So... It's a very unique, uh, one-of-a-kind visitor experience and uh, for other food that's so tied to the history of the town. So I highly recommend it. Okay, and 10 euros does sound like great value whenever you're getting all that food at the end of it and a cup of tea. But if you're inclined to have something maybe a, with a bit more of a zing in it, um, there is the Clonakilty Distillery to go on to. Yeah, so Clonakilty Distillery opened, uh, I think, around about 2018. Um, yeah, just a couple of years before the pandemic um, struck us all. Um, so Clonakilty Distillery is the kind of place where you walk in and there's just a particular sense of style. It's They've spent an incredible amount of money in producing a wonderful visitor's experience. It really celebrates... Um, the West Court region as a, as a whiskey producing area. Um, you kind of, it's done in various kind of stages. So it's a guided tour. 
the first stage really is kind of this wonderful illustration walkthrough uh, exhibition that charts again the history of Tang in relation then to the uh, distilling and brewing industries of Tang. And Tony Pilton was very, very um, tied to the brewing and distilling industries, you know, and there's great stories that fall out about um, uh, piracy and smuggling and all this kind of stuff, you know, and the, the DC family and the famous breweries and all the rest of it. So you get to learn all about that, as well as then the, the Scully family um, who are behind the distillery uh, itself and what their kind of uh, historical link is to the region. And really that is about barley growing. So there are sixth generation barley uh, farming family um, and they kind of decided then they, you know, to create this distillery. They had an interest in whiskey and obviously made the connection between the barley that they were growing and the fact that they could use it to make their own whiskey. So the distillery tour kind of talked you through all of this, walked you through the, the fantastic copper pot stills in the distillery. You literally get to walk around it. So a lot of distillery tours are sort of, you know, the pots are in the background, you know. But you actually kind of get to walk through the actual distillery itself amongst the copper pot stills. And, you know, everything is explained there on the process of distilling, not just their whiskies, but also uh, they produce gin and vodka on the site as well. So they talk you through the distilling process of that. And then you go into the cascading room um, and also tasting salon, really, um, which is just so high end and excellently fitted out. It's a beautiful, beautiful distillery tour. Um, and you get to sample three whiskies, uh, which whiskies you, you sample depends on the package that you book. So some of their whiskies are very high, you know, sort of they're aged for longer and all the rest of it, so they're more valuable. So that tour will cost a little bit more. So the value of the tour depends on the mix of uh, whiskies that you're interested in having. But what's kind of also really nice about the Plana Kilty Distillery is that if whiskey really isn't your thing, but you're quite interested in gin, that they also have a gin school on site as well, which runs every Saturday. So you can book in that. It runs for about two or three hours. They teach you all about botanicals and distilling. You get to mix up your own uh, recipe um, and then uh, using mini miniature copper pot stills, you distill your own bottle of uh, gin, which gets labelled up and then you can take it away as well. So it's just a really beautiful um, distillery and a great experience for people. And given the explosion in gin and whiskey distilleries in recent years, having that visitor experience is a fantastic way to get your brand name out there and get people talking about it. And if we move over to Conceal now, Conceal haven't gone down the gin and whiskey route. They actually have a mead, which is, is really unique. Yeah, really unique. Um, you know, Conceal, mead, uh, uh, hold of a, I suppose, a trend that was emerging in the US actually for mead. And mead, for anybody that doesn't know, is an alcoholic drink made from fermented honey. Um, and in fact, there's a really long history in Ireland of mead making and mead drinking that potentially stretches back even further than whiskey. So, you know, in terms of when we think about what is Ireland's uh, drink, the drink of Ireland, mead is right up there just as much as, as whiskey. So uh, there hasn't been, before they opened their distillery, there, there wasn't a, a mead maker in Ireland for the last 200 years. The last one shut in Dublin a couple of hundred years ago. So they've sort of resurrected mead making in Ireland. They're still the only commercial meadery in Ireland. And they're very small, very boutique. 
very, very passionate about what they do. Um, and, you know, they really want to sort of uh, resurrect mead as a, a fantastic taste of Ireland. So in Kinsale, you can uh, pop down to the meadery. Um, you get uh, a lot of history about mead making, about the folklore as well. Like, you know, there are a lot of saints, Irish saints, actually, that are linked to honey and mead making that probably will surprise people. Um, and then obviously walk around the distillery, um, you can do a honey tasting, which is really interesting. So obviously different honeys have different flavours, and then that represents, you know, the basis of the mead that's gone on to make along with other botanicals. And then again, you get the all-important tasting at the end of it, and the tasting will be whatever is open in the meadery. So that could be their core range, or it could be some of their uh, barrel-aged meads that they have as well, you know, depending on what is open, and some of their limited edition ones as well. So uh, these are just really, really interesting drinks to have, you know, and they're, if anybody thinks, mm, honey, that's going to be really, really sweet, it's not. They're, they're fermented to an off-dry flavour, so they are much closer to wine in flavour profile than sort of a sweet honey drink that you might think uh, mead is. Um, and then they use as many kind of local botanicals, Irish botanicals, as, as possible. So they have a, for this time of year, they have a beautiful summer berry mead, which is just packed full of sort of Wexford black currants and strawberries and things like this. And it's it's the perfect drink to, to have either as an aperitif. You can pair it with food. Uh, it's great with cheese. Obviously, honey and cheese together are perfect. But they're also actually fabulous in cocktails. So all these kind of things you can find out about at the Meadering in Kinsale. And Conceal has such a, a long-running reputation as being a good food destination. I think it has the longest-running food festival in Ireland. So the food tour itself must be a very exciting tour. It is. So Suzanne Burns um, established uh, Kinsale Food Tours, I think, the year after I established the, the Clown and Kilty Food Tours. So we sort of were contemporaries and we're, and we're good friends and everything. We often talk to each other and share ideas. Um, and Suzanne is just a consummate professional with her with her food tours. And she walks the walk and talks the talk. Absolutely. Um, so she offers a range of different food tours in Clown and Kilty. Her flagship tour is the town the town tour, uh, which doesn't happen on a weekend anymore. And I think that's important to kind of say, and that's sort of a reflection, I suppose, on the difficulties the industry is facing at the moment between staffing and obviously wanting to serve, um, you know, um, uh, their customers in, in peak season. So Taste Tour is available um, during the week and it's structured to be like a meal. So you visit two, four sites around the town. There's like, a, you know, a snack, starter main course and a, and a dessert so it with this tour you're going around to some of the fabulous uh eateries and cafes in Kinsale that Kinsale is so famous for their gourmet food and tasting some of the house specials some of the things are kind of uh, made specifically for the tour as well and also it can mix and match so no two tours are the same because there's so many great vendors and obviously you're only doing four stops on this tour um, so there's no rushing on this tour um, so it just means that you could actually do this tour two or three times and you could meet different vendors as you go around you know um, uh, and I know like Coco Kinsale is one of their favourite stops, the chocolate maker down there, um, you know, and that's always a great way to sort of round off that tour. But what happened actually with Suzanne, obviously during the pandemic, she couldn't um, 
take large groups around to indoor settings. So she uh, created a coastal foraging tour. Um, so this one, uh, it's totally outside and it will run no matter what the weather. So people do have to be kind of mindful of that, but that's all part of the fun. Um, it starts off with a picnic on the beach overlooking the ocean. And then Suzanne takes you personally around to some of her, of her favourite coastal foraging spots and introduces um, tourists to different uh, seaweeds, different coastal plants, um, different coastal herbs, shellfish and whatnot, and kind of just takes people around and introduces them to the abundance of food that is right on our beaches everywhere. And then the final one that she does do, which is her high-end offering, which is a, a private part of a yacht tour. Um, so this is for kind of people that maybe look for something that extra special, maybe as a family gathering. Um, so that one is kind of, um, depends on how much money you want to spend, obviously, uh, and uh, what kind of experience you're looking for. But again, it just kind of speaks, I think, to Suzanne's sort of um, entrepreneur spirit of always trying to innovate and trying to find new ways to to show Kinsale and Kinsale's food uh, culture to people who think as well that they may, might know everything they ever need to know about Kinsale food. There will always be a surprise. And the private yacht experience sounds amazing, but if you're not in that price back bracket, if you head over to Bunttree, there is an excursion there where you, you get to, to find out more about the seafood. You do. And I tested this out right at the beginning. Um, when um, Aaron was uh, was setting out uh, this tour, and it's great fun. So basically, it's it's uh, a, a boat tour from Bantry Bay, which let's face it is a stunning location to begin with. Um, and you all aboard these self driving rib type boats, so you're in control of the vessel, which sounds entirely scary, but actually they're very very safe and they're good fun, and everyone can have a go at driving the boat. So Aaron sort of is with you in one of the boats, two boats go out together and you, he kind of takes you on a spin really around Bantry Bay, stopping off at say where the mussels are grown, the famous Bantry Bay mussels on the ropes, um, talking about the ecology of the region, how the mussels are grown, why the mussels are so important to the local economy of Bantry, but also with all of our tour guides are also very impressed in history. And there's great history as well that kind of peppers Bantry Bay from sort of pirates and battles and lords and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, he's got loads of great colourful stories. And after you've done your turn about Bantry Bay, then you alight on Woody Island, which is just off the coast of, uh, of Bantry itself. And off you go to the one and only pub on Woody Island for your pint of creamy Guinness and your bowl of freshly caught mussels. Uh, from the bay that you've just traversed around so I think I love this because you get to see Bantry from a different perspective you know I think with all these kind of when we, when we talk about Ireland's coastline it's always from the point of you're standing on the land looking out to sea and admiring the vastness of the ocean but actually when you're on the sea and looking back towards the land it gives you a whole new appreciation for the setting of these beautiful coastal towns and the landscape that's around them, as well as the, the the bays themselves, you know. So it gives you that, you get all the history, and then it makes this incredible link with where food is produced and then tasting it, you know. So it, I think it's a beautiful little uh, tour. Um, it's only a couple of hours long. Uh, it's very unique. And, you know, if you can drive your own boat, 
you know, I think that's the cherry on top, really. Absolutely. And then one other tour that's extremely unique is in McCroom. Yes, so Dorothy and Tuma, um, I've known Dorothy for a good few years now. We've kind of obviously when you work in this industry, you sort of knock together in six, several circles. And she is the only person in Ireland that offers farm tours where you get to meet the water buffalo that makes the famous passport buffalo mozzarella that everybody knows and loves all around the country. So Dorothy uh, facilitates everybody from school groups and educational groups to sort of bespoke tours to, you know, if there's just two of you kind of touring around and you want a special, really special occasion tour. Um, and then during the summer months, keep an eye out on her Instagram uh, for Tuma Tours, where she releases details of kind of open day kind of events or open group tours that are um, very price accessible. And you get to go down and actually meet the water buffalo on the farm, uh, at the Lynch Farm in McCroom, see these amazing beasts that aren't native to Ireland at all, but very happy in the environment grazing on grass. You get to visit the dairy, you get to see how the cheese is made, uh, and then you, you get to taste the cheese, it's all right. But like Dorothy, she makes a lot of the tastes um, the cakes and the savoury bites herself. You know, she's very good with food, like all of us, you know, she's passionate about what she does and she absolutely adores um, the produce that is made on, on the Lynch farm in the cream with the buffalo milk. And I remember um, only recently, maybe a week or two ago, she posted uh, an image of some buffalo milk ice cream, which you can now taste on the tour. So I'm very interested to try that. So you know, it's the only tour of its kind in Ireland where you actually get to go and you can meet the buffalo, pet them, see their environment and watch and learn the whole process literally from farm to fork. Um, and Dorothy's great crack as well. She's brilliant. It sounds like that's a very family-friendly tour, Kate. And I think everybody's looking for family-friendly activities to do this summer. And Unfortunately, there are a lot of children out there that have never had that farm experience because they're they're living in a city environment. So not only does that tour um, at the farm in McCroom provide that opportunity, but also the West Cork farm tours have, have lots of different farm tours. They do. So this is a great initiative that came together with uh, four farmers in a very tight area of West Cork that basically sort of bounds Ross Carberry, uh, Glandor, which is a spectacular place to visit, and Skibbereen. So these are four multi-generational family farms that kind of came together and said, you know what, actually, we'd, we'd love to have visitors on our farm. We'd love to kind of show people, you know, what we do, how we farm, be very open and transparent about you know, uh, their, their business, how they farm and share the stories of their families. But obviously these are working farms, so they couldn't do it individually. So they decided to band together and create a Westport farm tour. So again, a very unique proposition in Westport from that point of view. So of the four farms, three are purely dairy farms. Um, and then there is one in Ross Carberry, the All Shares Farm, which is a free range uh, pig farm. But they also do other things as well. They raise cattle, they um, grow timber, so they have an agri forest. Um, and then they also produce their own sort of black pudding and pork 
products and, and all the rest of it. And they're a two generational family there as well. So, you know, these farms kind of offer very unique things. And I suppose because of the way farming is in Ireland, even though the three other farms are purely dairy farms, it's not just dairy and milk that they're producing on the farms. There's one in particular, they have a really old orchard, like their apple trees are, I don't know how many years old, but a really old orchard. So they're producing their own apples, their own apple juice. Within the orchard, then they have hives. So they're also producing honey. And, you know, you go around and you, you walk the land like a farmer would do and you walk amongst the cows and all this kind of stuff, you know, and you visit the dairy and you learn about how milk makes it from the field into your bottle of milk from the, on the supermarket shelves. Um, but then you also get to sit with the family and taste all of these incredible products that they make. So, you know, I think that that's a really lovely element of it. How often do you get to actually sit with the farmer who produced the food and kind of, uh, you know, share stories around the kitchen table, so to speak, um, in, on the farm? So it's really family friendly. And I think for children, there is like this sense of wonder about kind of actually being able to touch the animals to see where they are. Um, and as well as that, then it's an educational thing. It's so important for people to remember, not just children, but for us all to remember where our food comes from. Um, you know, in the Ireland takes great care over the food it produces, you know, to, for it to have the quality that shines through on the taste, which is the ultimate uh, test, of course. So there's lots of kind of uh, camping about Westport Farm Tours, um, and they really are a unique proposition. And because they find together, there's only one tour a week that, that happens, and every week it's a different farm. So you won't know which farm you've been matched with, if you like, until uh, your booking's been confirmed. So there's a bit of surprise in it as well. So, you know, but I think it starts off with an adventure. You know, every farm is at the bottom of a laneway, you know, so you bobble down in your car and you arrive in this farm, and all of a sudden, you know, you're in the middle of a working farm. It's great. Well, such an array of tours to choose from, Kate. If people want to read the article in full that you wrote all about them, where's the best place for them to get a look at that? So the article appeared in the Opinion magazine, which is uh, published in West Cork. The Opinion itself doesn't have a electronic version, but I can pop a, a copy of it up on my blog so that's at flavor.ie forward slash blog and you'll find it there fantastic well listen we look forward to visiting west cork this summer kate in the meantime thanks very much for talking to us all about those amazing tours thanks sharon you're listening to the best possible taste on west limerick 102 fm Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break we find out about the vast range of food tours that are available in West Cork thanks to Kate Ryan from Flavour.ie. If you're just tuning in now and you missed that you might want to catch The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Still to come tonight, Ollie Gleeson from Ollie's Tours has details about the Doolin Food Tour and a very special VIP Cliffs of Moher picnic. 
But before that, my next guest hails from the other end of the country. Sue Glacken founded Donegal Food Tours to highlight the fantastic food offering in the region and she joins us now to tell us more. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Sue, brilliant to have you on the programme this evening. You are the founder of Donegal Food Tours, which you started, was it back in 2018? Yes, so we started back in 2018, myself and Kathy Cowan. Um, we got two good years at it and uh, yeah, then COVID struck, but just put on pause for a while, but back at it now and feeling very um, excited about the tours for the summer. Luckily, you know, I suppose I was uh, procrastinating getting back to it, could have probably done a few last summer, but um yeah just nervous with various factors and um but luckily yeah i had some bookings there from american tour agents um for may so that was the pick up the bum i needed to get back out at it and you're going full throttle now for the summer you've a range of different tours on offer so let's talk about some of the tours specifically and i want to start off with the killy Beggs food tour yeah, so very excited about the Killy Beggs food tour. I suppose my food tour is a bit different to a lot of the food tours around Ireland because it has the bus, de- bus element to it. Um, so I was trying to figure out, obviously, like a lot of the really good food stuff in Donegal is very spread out. It's a, a large county. But I was trying to figure out a place or a town that there might be something to work with there um, that you could run a tour, a walking tour. So... Yeah, there's a lot of like interesting things happening in Killybegs at the minute. Obviously, you have uh, Gary and Maraid from the Seafood Shack and the Boathouse doing great things up there, really attracting the masses to Killybegs for the food. And then you have um, Claire and Ahoy, who's got a, it's just a beautiful wee uh, cafe overlooking the harbour there. And she's got a great chef in with her at the minute, uh, Daniel Malarkey. And then you have the Fleet Hotel is going to be another tour partner. Um, Tommy Curley is the chef in there, another amazing Donegal chef. Um, so, yeah, you've got a few nice wee bits there. Also, you have a few more producers there in a very close proximity, obviously, with the fishing industry. Um, so, Shine's Tuna will feature on it, and the Fish Stop in Killy Beggs, who they also, the Atlantic Treasures Company, you know, that do the smoked mackerel. So there's plenty there, plenty there for we walk and tour. Um, so that first one's actually now on the 1st of July. And how so long is that tour? Probably work out about three hours, three and a half hours thereabouts. And you've mentioned some fantastic chefs there. And Donegal is very well known for the likes of Kieran Sweeney has moved back up there. Gary O'Hanlon's from Donegal. Quangie is from Donegal. And then Brian McDermott is from Inishowen. And you're actually doing a taste Inishowen food tour. Yeah, so that's another first for us as well. I've been trying to get to Inishome for ages, but obviously the brakes were put on that. But yeah, so now um, but we're mid-July for um, Inishome. All the tours are going to be a Friday. Um, so that one will take in uh, foil biamara, you know, the mussels, the native oysters and mussels. And then we're going to go to timber and duffy coffee and we're going to go to uh keely seafood i absolutely love keely's uh, it's like an institution down there 
and uh, McGrory's and Kuldaff will feature on that tour as well. I've got another two there that I'm trying to figure out how we're going to fit them in, but everyone, one being the Red Door, Paul Brady is an amazing chef down there, but it's just kind of a bit trickier to work out because it's a wedding venue and they're like absolutely packed with weddings this year. I think if you're not familiar with Donegal and it's maybe like all the counties we just live in personally, you forget how big a county it is. Yeah, absolutely. Like it would take you two hours from get you know to get from the each furthest point um away. So there's a lot to take in and a lot of routes in a lot of different areas, and it kind of changes all the time. You know, depending on yeah, so many factors. So I think it's just about being flexible and going with the flow. Well, in terms of or how I do it and. Uh, uh, the routes that are there um but i have like a section on my website too where we can do like special tours like last year actually sharon yourself very thankfully helped put something together uh for the spanish embassy so we done a spanish themed food tour for that um and hopefully we'll do the same like this year for it um and also we're going to do a couple of tours for savor the flavor food festival in donegal town so um yeah, the Donegal Town Food Festival, uh, you know, has been running for years, really successful food festival. But um, because of the COVID situation, they've decided this year to run a sort of smaller version of that and to spread it out around the town. So I am going to do a couple of food tours around uh, Donegal Town being the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think the dates are like the 27th, 28th. There are that the weekend of around that at the end of August. Being from the north myself in Donegal, Borgen with Northern Ireland, I'm very interested in the Taste the North tour that you're offering. Yeah, it's funny that one came about. Um, I was at a Fulcher Ireland event um, a couple of years ago and um, there was different producers and restaurant owners at it, you know, from outside of Donegal and they were kind of asking, you know, were we would we be excluded, even though we're, you know, 20 minutes over the road? And I was like, it made me think, I was like, well, you know, why do we need to have these borders? You know, there's amazing, like, Donegal produce being used in the border counties, and it's amazing to go and sample the Northern Irish produce, which is, you know, comes from 20 minutes. Well, for me, the border's literally, like, 10 minutes over the road, so... Yeah, I just thought. Also, like a lot of the chefs that I work with are always crossing over and back the borders. So it's great to continue those relationships, like moving with them. Um, so yeah, excited about that one. It's always exciting for me as well, like to uh, visit new places and meet new people. So yeah, that should be really fun. I'm curious as to where this love of food and the idea of the food tours came from. I suppose I've always loved good food. Um, there's a friend of mine, Emma Wallace, always says you can taste the love in that dish. And I always laugh, you know, because you do. You can taste the love in a plate of food, you know. You can taste it, you know, if the producer, the farmer loves what he does. You can taste, you know, if the chef loves his job and the execution of the food on the plate. And I, I just love it. I suppose for me it all goes back to, yeah, to the energy around the chain of events and consuming the food and do you come from a farming background yourself 
Well, yeah, I suppose my grandfather was a farmer. Um, so, yeah, I would have, but, you know, I wouldn't have been hands-on in that at all. Like, my father didn't continue the tradition. He went into uh, health care. So, but it's funny now, actually, he just retired there um, a couple of months ago. And we're talking about getting back to the farm and seeing what way we can use the land that we've inherited from my grandfather. So, yeah, we have some exciting uh, projects in the pipeline and, yeah, interesting stuff ahead. Amazing. That sounds very exciting. Yeah. We'll have to keep our eye on that to see what's yeah. next. So <laughs> if anybody wants to hook up for one of the food tours, where's the best place for them to go to? Yeah, so they can go onto our website, uh, com, and uh go into the tab book tour and you'll find all the different tours there and we do do private tours and corporate tours and all the rest so if you have something a group of people or a specific area that you want to go to um hen parties birthday parties all that kind of stuff just shoot me a message and we'll work on it together brilliant but listen thanks so much for telling us about it tonight and we wish you all the best for the summer thank you so much for inviting me on sharon great to talk to you again You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, Sue Glacken from Donegal Food Tours shared details about a few of the food tours that you can enjoy in Donegal this summer. And earlier on in the programme, we find out about the vast range of food tours that are available in West Cork, thanks to Kate Ryan from Flavour.ie. If you're just tuning in now and you've missed that, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now, our final guest tonight hails from the Banner County. Ollie Gleason from Ollie's Tours runs a number of tours in County Clare and he joins me now to talk about the Doolin Food Tour and a VIP Cliffs of Moher picnic. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Ollie, it's really lovely to meet you. You're a Clare man based up in County Clare there and... Ollie's Tours actually won the best tourism experience in County Clare there last year. Congratulations on that. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Tell me, how did it all start? How did the tours start? How did the tours start? Uh, when I was 19, I lived in Munich in Germany. Uh, I was studying tourism management in Cork at the time, but they sent me a, for a year abroad and I was broke very quickly. Uh, Munich is a very expensive city. So I tried to get a job and my German wasn't very good. So I decided to get an English speaking job as a tour guide. Um, so I may have bluffed my way into that job with a very, very, very limited CV. Uh, I think the guy interviewing me must have just liked me. But I ended up getting a lot of reviews in Germany. I said, I used to come home and there'd been a few five star reviews waiting for me after every single tour. So I was like, I mightn't be half bad at this. So I returned home to Ireland in 2017, the year of the fly in Ennis, and I set up Ollie's Tours, which originally was just a walking and culture tour of Ennis, whereby I would do a historical walk and teach generally international visitors how to speak the Kupla Fockel and play some hurling and Gaelic football. Very basic. 
Uh, and then I did that for about three years. And I realized I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, I knew I wanted to build a business, but like my tour guiding was good and I, I loved doing it, but I didn't know how to grow the business aspect of it all. So uh, in 2019, I shut the whole thing down and I applied and successfully got a job in uh, a company that were doing what I wanted to do. So they had uh, walking tours in 14 of the biggest cities in the world, the New York, the Paris, the Rome, all these guys. And I worked in the office there for nine full months. And then Sharon, I don't know if you remember this, um, March 2020, there was a thing, I think it was called COVID or something. Anyway, it came into Ireland and it uh, may have kicked me out of that job, which, which I was actually fine with because I got a chance to, I was going to leave anyway in April, so I, was going to, I got a chance to reinvent myself. And I kickstarted the business again in 2020. And in 2021, I began to expand it and again this year. So now I have five tours, a lot of them run daily around Clare. Um, Busiest ones being the Cliffs of Moher, the Aran Islands, the food tour and doing and things like that. Well, let's talk in detail about the food tours that you do because they're of particular interest to me. And you've, you've mentioned Doolin there. Tell me about the Doolin food tour. The Doolin food tour was my baby last year. Like uh, I had, I was doing a Cliffs of Moher hike and then I did notice that there was never a food tour in Doolin ever. So I said, you know what? Let's see what I can do. And I and it wasn't that hard to set up because Julian has a fantastic little foodie scene going on. Um, so I approached lots of uh, owners, lots of entrepreneurs, lots of foodie producers, and I came up with a five-stop tour that happens around Doolin. So we, uh, with the irony of it all, the first stop of the Doolin food tour actually heads to Listu and Verna. Um, Doolin and Listu and Verna food tour was a bit too long to put in the list. Um, but yeah, so we go to the Burn Smokehouse, where we learn how to eat the salmon, or sorry, where we learn about how the salmon is caught and how the salmon is smoked before we eat it all. Then we head down the road to Ireland's smallest professional microbrewery, a, a local character called Peter Curtin. Uh, he owns that, and he shows us around his brewery before we drink all of his fine produce. He has four very unique beers one of which is called Euphoria. Have you heard of it? I haven't heard of it, but I have heard of Peter Curtin and I have heard of his microbrewery. Yeah, well, he Peter Curtin is a character, right? And a few years ago, he got into the art of brewing. And he went up to a conference and he heard this lady talk about uh, yeast. And yeast is a big factor when making beer. She said something that really left a note in his head. He said, she said, yeast is highly intelligent and will adapt to its around to its surroundings and always find a way uh, to create food out of what, what is around it. And he thought, isn't that fascinating? So he got a sort of a big kind of a bucket of I think it was like liquid yeast or something like that, and he brought it up to the top of Knochantinon, the hill of the fairies in the heart of the burn. And he left it there for three days and three nights. And uh, he doesn't really know what happened up there. But he came back, he combined, or he teamed up with a local herbalist called Lisa Guinan, and they created a no-hop beer called Euphoria. It wasn't called that at the start, but when you drink a half pint of this, Sharon, you know why it's called Euphoria, because you get a sense of life is good, if you know what I mean. And of course, Peter is a publican. His, his family pub is the Roadside Tavern. The brewery is upstairs. Yeah, so you spend a bit of time in the roadside tavern, I'd say. We do. We spend that time there. Peter will be telling us a few stories and we'll be drinking four or three beers. Like, they're all absolutely 
very unique type of beers. It's so small that he doesn't have the same restrictions that say the likes of Guinness would have, whereby they have to make sure everything is the exact same. Peter can experiment a little more, and so his beers are really, really nice. Um, so yeah, we spent a bit of time there. Then we head back to Doolan, where we uh, go into the cheese press in Ennis Diamond. We have a bit of a cheese tasting. So we generally taste about three different types of cheeses, from cow's cheese, goat's cheese, to uh, a sheep cheese as well. Um, and then we finish up the tour with some fish and chips and even a whiskey tasting. It sounds amazing. So that tour, how long does that take? Do you provide the transport? Yeah, so it's uh, two and a half hours. Last year, we couldn't provide transport due to COVID. We couldn't put everyone in the same bus. But uh, this year, we do. Okay. And all tours are 12 people or less. So they're all small group tours. And then the other food-related tour that you do that caught my eye was the VIP Cliffs of Moher picnic. That's becoming a bit more popular than I thought it would. Um, yeah, so I do a normal Cliffs of Moher hike on a daily basis. Uh, I have uh, three tour guides that work with me. And uh, it's actually our biggest seller. We hike all the way from Doolan to the Cliffs of Moher. Um, and we see some of the most spectacular spots. And the whole time you're hiking, the whole time you're hiking, Sharon, continuously get better. You're getting a little higher. The Iron Islands come into view. Galway Bay comes into view. Even on a very clear day, you can see a bit of Kerry. But the VIP tour takes it to the next level. You get a private hike, generally done at sunset. And when you reach the top of the cliffs of Moher, we have a privately reserved glass pod, 360 view of the whole view, uh, with a luxury uh, picnic, candlelit picnic inside the pod for you. At golden hour at the cliffs of Moher, blows people's minds, including mine every time I go there. So that's a big seller. It sounds amazing. And as a tour guide, I would imagine you're always asked, where are the best places to go and eat? Where is the best place to go and have the pint? And I noticed you had an Instagram post there that was just fantastic. Where to eat in Doolan? Yes. Doolan is really great. Like I, I find like even for the likes of students who might not have a big budget or if you're arriving and you want a complete luxury, like Doolan, it really has it all. Some great spots. Um, like Gus O'Connor's pub is probably the most iconic pub of Doolan. Um, but then you got me get, like there's kind of two sections to Doolan. For anyone listening who hasn't been to Doolan, there's two kind of sections up. There's kind of Fisher Street, kind of going all the way down to the pier. You often see the iconic pink uh, building and all the cool photographs. But then if you head just up the road a little, you'll get uh, the Fiddle and Bow Hotel, uh, Fitzpatrick's Pub, McGann's, McDermott's, and there's a whole other party down there as well. Dullin's definitely one of those places. I've I've been there fleetingly, but I definitely want to spend more time in it. So you've you've given us lots of great reasons to go there. If anybody wants to connect with you to find out more about the tours, to book one of one of them, what's the best thing for them to do? You can go onto my website, which is dot com. But honestly, if you follow me on Instagram, I do. Like, I have a lot of information about travel tips around Ireland, travel tips around Doolan, Clare, Ennis, Burn. I spent probably too much time on that app, but uh, it gives you great information about things to do in the area. So Ollie's tours on Instagram is also another good one. Thank you so much, Ollie. Great to talk to you, and I hope you have a great summer season. Thank you very much, Sharon. You too. Enjoy the holidays. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. And that was Ollie Gleeson talking about some of the food tour options in County Clare. And Ollie brings us to the end of the programme tonight. Thanks for listening and to my guests, Kate Ryan, Sue Glacken and Ollie Gleeson.
Until next week, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!